Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. To connect with us, go to www.legacynb.com. Now enjoy this time of prophetic ministry from one of our services. We love this. We're going to do baptisms at the end of service, but this is the beginning part of the journey, right? It says to train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're older, they won't depart from it. And part of what that looks like is it's not just these beautiful parents actually training their children up, but God designed us to be in family. Let me hear you say family. Family. And so it really becomes the responsibility. I mean, Hillary Clinton was kind of right when she says it takes a village to, to raise a child. It just takes the right village, right? And so we, we want a kingdom village that's going to be willing to walk alongside parents, to be willing to walk alongside the children every step of the way. And, and that was one of the reasons, like, when, when uh, Mary and Joseph lost Jesus, it, it was because the, the Jewish culture understood that it was about family. And so it wasn't that they forgot where he was at, that Jesus was just part of family. And it was not unusual for them to travel together as family. And so I think it's important for us as a legacy family to be able to come alongside and say, yeah, we're not just here for us, but we're here for each other. And this is a generational blessing that we're going to release over them. There's something that you carry in your walk with Jesus that's actually going to be released to this child today. And there's something that this beautiful one right here carries that's actually going to be released to you, right? It's a strategic exchange of what God does in the kingdom. And so we're so excited to be able to do this. And it's something even more special because Mr. Rye is an answer to prayer. Um, in fact, you know what? What's going to take the moment? Chris, where's that other mic? I want, I want to give them a chance just to share real quick. I didn't ask you all this, but always be ready. One, one she shared is real briefly why baby Naraya is was an answer to prayer. Baby Naraya was an answer to prayer because I wasn't able to have children. Um, you know, and I'm, it's a lot of information, but I had a surgery a long time ago that prevented me from having any more children. And when I married Vanessa, that was one thing that really was on our hearts. There's a lot more to this, but in a sense, baby Naraya is a miracle child. It is an answer directly to the both of our prayers. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is that it still took a while. The Lord um, provided um, <laughs> financially and guided us to the right people to be able to do what we needed to do. And then still after that, it was still a lot of just persevering and just, God, I know that you promised this, but we still weren't seeing it. Even though the doors had been open, it still wasn't happening yet. And so it just, it took a few years and it was just holding on fast to those promises, knowing that it was going to happen. It was just a matter of his timing. So, and here she is. So, yeah. One thing, too, that comes about her name, Nariah. Nariah itself is Lamp of God. Her middle name being Jaylin, which is a healer. Come on now. So you got the Lamb of God who heals today. Come on. And this is our encounter Sunday. We're going to be moving into healing ministry as we move into the rest of the service. I wore my Oral Roberts shirt. My daughter's there, but it's also prophetic for healing. So God's going to release some healing today, isn't he? Yeah. Um, 
So what we're going to do is I'm just going to ask you as a family, are you willing to commit to walk with the Turpening family to raise Neriah uh, in the ways that she should go in the Lord, to remind her of her beloved identity, that identity never comes from the things that we do, but it's always from the thing, who he is that's released to us? Are you willing to walk with them? All right. So we're just going to pray a blessing over And we've got our amazing children's pastor, Eric, is with us as well. So, Father, we just anoint these amazing parents. The father and mother in the kingdom of their own right. And the things that you're releasing, Lord God. We just declare right now your blessings and your plan. Lord, as we hold this precious one, we praise you for the gift of life. We stand in all of your design and the purpose for Neriah. And as Bill and Vanessa love and nurture Mariah, may they model Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so Lord Jesus, in gratitude that our hearts sing for joy over the privilege of serving you as parents. And whether that be spiritual parents or natural parents, it's a gift from you. So with our whole heart together, we ask for wisdom and discernment to guide Neriah into your ways, into her beloved identity in Christ, and into the design that you have uniquely for her life. May we consistently point to your truth and your word and your spirit. Father God, your word says that fear and reverence of you is the beginning of all wisdom. So we just declare right now that this child will grow in grace and knowledge of your ways and that she will have a sense of awe and honor in your presence. Heavenly Father, as we pray over this little one, our heart's desire is for her to develop a hunger for you. May she never be satisfied with shallow living, but instead seeking the deep things of your heart and ways. I pray that she will keep a heart of humility and submission before you. Father, your word says that the pure in heart are blessed. So we just declare that this child will yearn for you a life of purity and holiness, and that the joy of her heart will come from walking in step with you. Lord, we just declare that this child is to maintain a sense of purpose throughout her entire life. May Neriah fix her gaze on you and your will. May the things of this world leave her empty and thirsty for the real life found only in you. Because, Creator God, your word speaks of how you gifted her and empowered her to serve and glorify you. I just declare that she will grow and live to be all that you created her to be. That she will seek and discover you. She will seek and discover her uniqueness and will serve you with her whole heart and with every gift and every talent. Dear Father, as the prophet Elijah learned to listen and wait for your still small voice to teach these children to learn to distinguish your loving voice from the chaos of this world, may your heart whisper to her. May those whispers become more precious than gold to her. And I declare that her ears, her eyes, her heart, and her mind are open to you and you alone so that she may be like the sons of Issachar who understood the times that they lived in and knew what Israel was to do. So Father God, the warrior Joshua challenged the Israelite people to choose you over pagan gods. Father, our greatest longing is for this blessing to grow and to wholeheartedly choose you, your heart, your will, your purpose. And I impart over her right now a passion to seek first the kingdom in your righteousness.
May she know her beloved identity in you. So I just release, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you all the days of your life. Yeah. She's ready to preach. And we just dedicate Nariah to you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Before we move into prophetic ministry, I just want to share, share a few things. Uh, there's three, three different people in the Bible that have always been like my characters, you know, that I related to the most. If anybody knows, you know, you find somebody like, that's my dude. And so Joshua has always been the one that has stirred in my heart to be strong and courageous. Uh, for you will lead the people to possess the promised land. Uh, and then there's been the John the Beloved, the Apostle John, you know, who wrote, you know, several books in the Bible. And, and he went from a son of thunder to a one who was beloved, knowing to put his, heart, his head on the heart of the Lord. And that level of intimacy is a really important part. And then there's been Barnabas. Barnabas was an apostle who was a son of encouragement. And he connected people who never would have met before if it wasn't for Barnabas. And, and that was his apostolic calling was restoring people and connecting people. It was a really important part. Well, we're stepping into a new season here at Legacy specifically, and it's a Joshua moment. It's moving from where it's like this building for us has been a blessing to us for 13 years now. Um, but it's also been a wilderness to a great extent because we've been paying rent to someone else and we've improved it, but it's not territory we own in the physical realm. We just own it in the spiritual realm. And, and it's time to step into a promised land. And so um, a week and a half ago, we signed a contract on six and a half acres of land. And, and, and go ahead and show it up there, Chris. So it's going to be hard to see. Why don't you kill the lights so we can see. This is from not even the back of the property. This is about maybe two-thirds or halfway through the back of the property. Looking back at a street, and, and here's the thing. I'm going to give you instruction. Don't go driving by it every single day and overwhelming people, okay? Because they've got neighbors that are right there on it. But it's, it's 3880 Morningside Drive. It's right across the street from Morningside Elementary School. And so this is looking back at, uh, towards the road, up on a, a hill. And one of the reasons I wanted to take this picture was is it's, it's got both a high place and a valley. And that was part of the words is we would be given the hill country. We'd be given the high places and the low places. And so it's a very prophetic piece of land for us specifically. Give me that next picture, Chris. And then this is a little bit uh, further closer in between those trees. Obviously, we've got a long way to go, okay? But more than likely, this will be the beginning stages of where the sanctuary and the building will go. You know, moving back in the parking lot will be far enough away. But let me tell you about a blessing. Give me that next picture. There's a building that's on it that's about 1,200 square foot. It's used as a storage uh, room, but it's got... Fans and it's finished out. It's got two bathrooms. And long-term wise, we won't we won't be staying there. But for right now, it's it's a part of the land. And what it really is, when Joshua moved in, he says, "You're going to occupy the territory and then live in homes that you didn't build." And and so this is one of these words. And one of the biggest keys. Oh man. One of our biggest prophetic words. We've been carrying and stewarding is we'd be handed keys to a building. And up to this point, for, you know, Brian's been helping me about a good 18 months. We've been looking for land and for buildings and retrofits and all this stuff going, we've got this prophetic word. I know I've got a prophetic word. We're going to be handed keys to the building. And it's like it's, there's just nothing out there. We, we negotiated even with our landlord. Here we've negotiated all kinds of different places. 
And it's just like closed doors, closed doors. And then, the, and then the Lord reminded me, I told you I would give you the land and the keys to a building, but the key to the building is only the beginning stage that's going to unlock everything you're supposed to build in that place. So get this, because it has a building on it, when we go to move towards financing, instead of doing a raw land deal, which has got different, y'all know how that is, different land terms or loan terms, it's now an owner-occupied loan that makes it like incredibly favorable. So I mean, like God places this building on here that's been a storage and waiting for us now that we can come in and actually begin to take these steps. And so it's really, really exciting. Now, we're in a 60-day period of doing our due diligence. So we're doing environmental studies and everything that can be done, the, the way that the water flows and water retention, all those different things. We're in the process of doing that. And then we'll hopefully close closer to sometime in November is, is probably where we're going to be at. So I'm going to say this, between now and then, it's still somebody else's technically. So don't go driving on the property going, this is ours, right? I know you prophetic people are going to be staking the ground. Don't go throwing stakes and everything on that. You can go to the, you can go to the street and go, I bless it in Jesus' name. That's ours. I bless it. That's ours in Jesus' name, right? That will be exciting. But once we do close, we will throw a massive celebration out there. It's already got bathrooms, so we don't have to get porta-potties. It'll be fun. Like, we'll do some sort of event out there. But we want to bring it to you now. It's like there's a shifting that's taking place where things are accelerating. And if you'll remember, early this year, it was January, February, I told you, we're operating about nine months advance of the schedule. We're in an, we're an accelerated season where we're ahead of the game. God has so set us up and that when we got to the fall, September specifically, there would be a massive acceleration. So I'm, I'm glad to stand here and not be a false prophet. You don't have to stone me now. <laughs> We're to the fall, and there's massive acceleration that's taking place. And so we're going to continue to steward this place while we can, right? Because we're going to leave this place. We already are going to leave this better than we found it, all right? But there's a lot of different moving pieces and parts that are going to be in this. So here's how you can participate. One, pray, right? Continue to partner with us. Continue to ask the Lord for prophetic words and visions of what he wants to build there. We're going to be moving through that. The second thing is, is we're going to actually, I'm going to say this. Thank you for being a generous church, by the way. Our, our finances, when everybody else in the world is going crazy, um, the Lord these last two and a half years has specifically just blessed our finances as a church. Part of that is due because Pastor Chris is an amazing steward of resources, the way he oversees and manages the budget here. So why don't you all give praise to God for that? He's very, very diligent. But then on top of that, it's y'all's generosity. And it's not even you're, you're just being generous to be a sake of generous. You're partnering with the Lord and sowing into it. And I was telling the, uh, our loan officer, I, he goes, well, are y'all going to do a building campaign? You know, how do you do your giving? I said, I'm not changing anything that we do. I said, you know how we, what, what, how we handle offerings? I said, we do a first fruit offering of the, of the first Sunday of every month and make it an act of worship. And we don't spend 30 minutes. Oh, but it's not big enough. You need to bring it up here. It's like, no, we're going to honor the Lord. We're going to seek first the Lord and his kingdom. And we give people opportunity to partner. And the rest of the week, the month, we don't, we don't take up offerings. People give because they're going to give. And they're partnering with it. And so I just want to tell you, that spoke volumes to our banker who works with a lot of churches who says, man, I've worked with a lot of churches who they, it had to become a big campaign to raise a bunch of money and stuff like that. And yes, we're, I, I'm standing on the promise that we're going to walk into this thing debt-free. But we were told to take the first step. 
okay? And so we have, you know, we've stewarded our money, we have money in the bank, but we're trying to be intentional with how we do that moving forward. So we're going to be raising a, a, a down payment with it. So if you're ready to partner, I know there's several in here that have, have told me, I know when it happens, I'm going to be ready. And so, and if, and if that seems like, there's some people told me, hey, I've got stocks I want to convert or I want to do things. If you need help doing any of that, just let us know. We've got people who can help with that. But this is the time to move forward with investments. And we've got some prophetic words specifically in what that's going to look like, uh, believing that when we move into this place, it'll be completely even paid off and, and the note's not necessary because that's the word that God gave us. I'm going to give you keys to the building that's not going to be a burden, but instead it's going to be a launching pad for what I want to do in this region. And so it'll, it'll, it'll take a period of time for us to develop it. Um, and I just want to say this. I'm not going to tell you all the exact price, but I will say it's six and a half acres uh, under a million dollars. So how do we know it was God? That's another, just one more on top of, like, if you understand the land market, that doesn't happen. Like when I first saw it, I'm like, is there, a, is there a sinkhole in the middle of this thing? <laughs> you know, is there, you know, what, did they have nuclear waste that was buried? It's like, no. What did God do with the promised land? He set it aside for a people of faith. He did have giants st- sitting in there, but it was going to require a people of promise, people of faith to enter in and inherit the land. So this has been reserved for us. And it's, not, it's only the opening salvo. One of the other things that's beautiful about it is there's probable opportunities for us to expand as we go. We're not going to be landlocked, uh, but it's the beginning stages. And so there's all kinds of prophetic words that are about this. I want to read two specifically, though. The Lord really moved in my heart about this. Um, back in 2016, we had a, a guy named Mark Sanchez. He was a friend, uh, friend of a friend who was in, and he released this prophetic word. And, it, and I heard the Lord during when Cindy was going through healing to, to, to read this over. He says, I saw a tornado over the house. The Lord will cause this house to deliver and transform people's mindsets. It will be a house of transformation. It's an F5 tornado because the Lord has set legacy to be a five-fold ministry house so that as people come into the house, the things that are not of God will be sucked out of them. Two tornadoes, one right side up, the other upside down. The upside down one was downloading heavenly deposits, inheritances, callings, mantles, ministries, and a restoration of family. The Lord will bring in people in the region who have been recently and really broken in their families for great healing and set them free. Going to connect fathers and mothers to each other. Going to connect children to each other and their parents. Great restoration of the family through this transformational ministry of the house. God's architecture. Going to be an obedience of the Lord in it. Paul said, I was obedient to build what I saw and the Spirit. Let me stop here real quick. We've not been able to be free to build the physically what we've wanted to build because we had limitations based off landlord and, and space. And I felt like this is what the Lord is saying. Is, no, you're going to be able to design this to be exactly what I had planned for you when your family moved to the city of New Braunfels at the founding of the city. I carry a call to this city to transform this dirt for the kingdom. And he said... And you're, it's time to build, okay? Let me go to it. The Lord is releasing infrastructure and architecture to bring forth this thing. People are going to call you from their town and even your own government and say, these people we've been trying to help are beyond help. Is there anything you can do? 
The day will come, says the Lord, when they will bring the sick and the infirmed and even those who are plagued with demons, disease, and mental illnesses, and they will bring them here because they will say, we weren't able to help them, but there's hope in the house of the Lord. In the valley of Achor, there is a door of hope. God will make legacy a door of hope. As people set foot in the door, God will begin to bring healing, deliverance, and all that God has planned for them. The Lord has marked you before it was even built. There's something about the city that is amazing that God wants to do something. It won't, just, uh, it won't just be marked on the map of the state, but people will come here specifically to be free in Jesus' name. I see people getting into airplanes to come here. I even see the Lord sending pastors who have fallen in their ministry and they're broken, their family's broken. The Lord will send them here to be healed. The body at Legacy will be a safe place for them to be embraced so they can learn how to just be human beings again healed again, and set forth back into the purposes of God. This is not a place of second chances, but eternal chances. And I see the compassion of God welling up in this place so that you will preach the Father like Jesus did from his very bosom. I'm telling you right now, in your hearing, this word is being fulfilled in these next months. We've already stepped into parts of healing. We're a house of healing. We've, we've gone after it. But, but I'm just telling you right now, there's something about when you, when you take physical ownership, it shifts something in the spiritual realm, moving from a, a leasing mentality, which is really where the Israel was, I mean, they were slaves, but let's go with me on this. They were leasing territory. They, they were paying a high price to be in Egypt. But when God set them free, Egypt funded their trip into the promised land. You understand that? 40 years after they left Egypt, and it's only Joshua and Caleb who are still around, they've got, they've got resources and money that they collected 40 years prior with them to go in and not just occupy territory, but actually to establish something across the board that would be generational in nature. That's what God wants to do, and he's going to do it through this house. And so I believe that we're going to see this fulfilled in even greater ways in these coming days. Now, that's a calling of the house. We also carry a calling, specifically, I know I carry the calling as a five-fold apostolic leader to establish a kingdom training and equipping center in the region that's an oil refinery. So as we pull in the oil revival, the oil of intimacy from his heart, we actually help people to receive an impartation of their calling and their gifting so we can deploy them into the world to transform the world. And so, yes, legacy does that, but there's something also that's different in, a, in another calling uh, that we're called to do in this region, which is going to be done in, in this, this place. And I just want to read this prophetic word from Ryan Lestrange that was released in May of uh, 2015. And this word is something that we begin to partner with our friends in the region, saying we're going after this. And it says this, the hubs are arising. This is the word that has been burning in my spirit. The Lord is igniting the flames of revival in various regions in the earth. I was in prayer seeking God about his plans for the nations when suddenly a vision erupted in my spirit and I saw springing forth from various places in the world. As I looked, I could see this all over the globe. I literally saw a network of lit up places all connected. It looked like some type of digital map. And I began to ask the Lord, what am I seeing? And he spoke to me that these are global revival hubs. Each hub is a strategic place of outpouring. As the Lord continued to reveal to me his plans for revival centers and hubs, he showed me that they would function differently than what I would typically perceive as a revival center. The hubs are not only called to be places of revival and outpouring, but also of equipping and advancing. 
Radical moves of the Spirit and hosting the presence of God are only part of the call of these emerging sinners. These must be places that teach in order to activate and equip the body of Christ and every member, let me hear you say every member, every member for the last day's harvest. You feel the weight on that. This isn't so we can get famous, so we can have a social media following or ministry. This is for the purpose of a last day harvest that on the heels of it will usher the second coming of Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility. I just I want you to understand this. It's not called to be heavy, but it is called to be weighty. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not meant to be, my, my burdens are not heavy, they're light. But they are weighty. The presence of God is weighty. It says, I see a great wave of glory coming upon the hubs. The hubs will carry different expressions of revival in this hour, yet each one is vital to the plans of the Father. We must be very cautious to not create a cookie-cutter pattern for the revival centers and hubs that are being birthed. The revival hubs are called to embrace partnership between apostolic and prophetic ministries. The apostolic anointing is a building and governing anointing. The hubs carry a mandate for regional revival, equipping, and activation. The prophetic anointing reveals, in order for transformation to unfold and revival to be released, there must be divine revelation. A hub is a place of continuing refreshing and outpouring. It's not just a place that enjoys a seasonal outpouring. This is an expression of the apostolic mandate to build places of presence and power. These are also places of prayer and intimacy. I've already told our team, one of the first things I'm talking to the designer about is a prayer room, a prayer chapel. We're going to make it a central point to what we're doing. This is the discovery of a paradigm that will unleash a global harvest as my plans and purposes are fulfilled in the earth, says the Lord. I'm building the foundation for revival and revival centers. It's not the work of man, but the ordination of my spirit. The Father's placing men and women in particular places to dig deep wells of revival and refreshing for a region. He's establishing ministries that will serve as hubs of revival in their territory. These hubs are places of divine outpouring and awakening led by radical revivalists whose hearts cry to see a great awakening. The agenda of the hour is not just building another ministry, but to release the spiritual destiny of a region and to host the presence of a God in a way that brings radical transformation to the lives of the people in that region. Here are the characteristics of revival hubs. They are marked by hunger. It is the hungry that will press in and invite an outpouring in a region. They will dig wells that will not only bless the hub, but also the region and beyond. They will face opposition as the well gets deeper and the transforming presence of God grows in the hub. They are presence-driven. These revival hubs and those who lead them place great emphasis and value on the presence of their God. These hubs are prayer-fueled. Prayer is a key to birth and sustain revival. They will release the sounds of heaven. Revival hubs are impacted by revival worship. God is birthing new sounds for a new move. There's no room for performance-driven worship in these hubs. The worship that is coming draws 
people deeper into encounter. And they will be known for miracles and power. Revival hubs are places of supernatural power where bodies are healed, lives are changed, and miracles are released. They will be places, finally, of fathering and equipping. The emerging move is an apostolic and prophetic-driven revival. The hubs that God is raising up birth and establish spiritual sons and daughters. As the move of God continues, training is key to raise up a generation that releases the kingdom. Isaiah 55.1 Ho, any, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. We've got many prophetic words. Those two burn. Those are the ones that are going to fuel what we're stepping into. Somebody asked me, why did you start a school for kingdom advancement? I said it was not because I was looking for one more thing to do. Trust me, I've got enough to do. But it's a mandate that I carry. And before you have a building, you have to establish something. And so we're going to establish. I heard the Lord say it's time to move out of the synagogue into the school of Tyrannus and begin to actually teach and train and equip in a new way. And so what was the, the synagogue? The synagogue is the, the church house, the church family, local church. That will continue on with legacy. And at the same time, it's time to have a corresponding school that's going to be released. So I want to encourage you, if you, you ask the question, should I take part in the School for Kingdom Advancement? Yes. Are you ready to be transformed into a revivalist? Then this is the for you. Are you ready to become all that God created and redeemed you to be? Then yes, you need to step into this because there's something about concentration of spending time together that you don't get on a Sunday morning. And we've definitely done intensives and we've done eight-week courses. Like Melissa's class is amazing. It will release something inside of you. But I'm telling you, there's something unique about spending months together that actually imparts something to you, brings transformation, and then it deploys you into your kingdom calling. And so I want to encourage you, don't hesitate. If you've been asking the question, should I do it? Yes. The Lord's going to move you into something greater. Now, we're not going to take an offering right now. But what I want to do is I do want to stand up and I want to dedicate that land. The leadership team and I were on there yesterday and we prayed over it and we dedicated it. But I want to dedicate it as a family. So would you just stand up with me? I'm going to ask you two to come up here too with me. So I'm going to have Kelly and our daughter Macy because there's something about generationalist praying. And if you grab the hands of the people next to you, And so, Lord, we just come into agreement with your purpose and your plan, Lord God, not just for this family, not just for this house, but for the very dirt that you're giving us, Lord God, that long before the foundation of the earth was established, you had this place established in your heart and your mind. And so we just say collectively, yes. Have your way. Guide us. Direct us. Give us wisdom. Give us discernment. We thank you for the resourcing you brought, but Lord God, we thank you for the resourcing that's going to come so we don't carry debt. We thank you, Lord, right now that you're moving things. 
releasing inheritance now. And I just pray a blessing over every person right now who's ever been part of a building campaign and it was a weird experience. You're doing something new. God, we're not going to enter into this according to an old thing, an old way of doing it, or an old experience. We just say, Lord, this is the new season. This is the territory and the land you've given us as an inheritance, as a promise, and as the down payment for taking this city for the kingdom, for taking this region and the surrounding areas for the kingdom of God. We just step onto this, say, Lord, that it's going to be a joyful thing, it's going to be a fun thing, and it's going to confound the wise. Everybody that's ever done a building campaign is going, why was it so easy for y'all? Because this is your work, God. It's not ours. It's yours. So we give it to you already in advance. And I thank you, Lord, that you're blessing us. And we declare this in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said. Amen, amen, amen. So I want you all to have a seat real quick. Yeah. I want to just add, not add, but affirm. Um, in Exodus 15, when the people of God came out of Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea. You know all the miracles that took place, right? The horse and the rider, etc. Talking about the prophetic words and using that as part of the foundation as revelation to build what's going to happen there in the vision. So when Moses, in Exodus 15, aside from David's Psalms, the first song in the Bible that's where we're given the verses is in Exodus 15. And when they got on the other side, Moses broke. It wasn't, it was Moses first, and later the other song came. But the first song was Moses. And he began to sing a prophetic song, and it, and it started out with gratitude. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. Some of you guys are as old as me, and we used to sing a chorus called Horse and Rider Thrown into the Sea. Yeah, I'm the oldest one. And anyway, and uh, so, but the song continued, the song continued, the song continued in the prophetic vein, and, and Moses began to sing a song naming the, 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 all the ites, naming all the enemies that were going to, to be, that were already possessing the land that was covenantally the people of God. And so Moses began to prophesy beyond his understanding, and it talks about that, the, that in that song that the spirit of fear would fall upon their enemies. They didn't heed the prophetic revelation that was given to them as a corporate company in the earth that had just crossed the, 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 the Red Sea, came out of the deliverance in Egypt, right? And then the first thing that happens when they get free and safe is this prophetic revelation comes to them about that their journey into the promised land, which is their covenantal right, that in that prophetic song, it names off every one of the, of the ites, the Amalekites, all of them, who were, who were illegally trespassing for all those years, come on, that, that, that the people of God were bound in Egypt. And so the song names all the names, and then specifically the prophetic song said, but their enemy, your enemies are going to fail. Their hearts are going to fail them for fear of you. The people missed that prophetic revelation. And that whole generation had to die off because they wouldn't go in. They wouldn't possess the land. They would not possess the land. They got discouraged. They got tired. It was too hard. They said, we're going to go back. And so they all except Joshua, right, and Caleb died. 
So 40 years later, 40 years later, Joshua and Caleb come to Jericho, which is in the promised land. And, 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 and so the two of them were hidden in the walls. Come on, you know the story. Rahab hid them. And when Rahab had a conversation with Joshua and Caleb, she said this to Joshua. Our hearts failed us because we heard what your God did for them, for you, at the crossing of the Red Sea. For 40 years, the enemy had been waiting in fear, knowing that the people of God were going to come and possess that land and take it away from them. And if, the, and if they had regarded the prophetic revelation that was back at the Red Sea, it wouldn't have had to have happened in that way. They could have been there 40 years sooner. You hear with me? And so today, I just want to say, Father, thank you for the prophetic revelation and the foundation and the words that have been given, Lord, in Jesus' name, to this church, to this ecclesia, uh, uh, this part of the ecclesia. And that, Lord, I thank you that, that Lord, the, that we are going to be that our DNA is going to absorb, that our DNA are going to absorb the reality and the truth, prophetic truth into our DNA so that we'll accelerate. It will accelerate not just money, but accelerate favor and people's hearts that, that had normally would have been against another church building and gaining and owning and loaning land and all that, that their hearts will turn. And that, Lord God, I thank you that the prophetic words that have been given, Lord God, to the leadership of this, of this church, that, Lord, those prophetic words are going to get in everyone's heart and it's going to fuel the acceleration of the possession of this land in Jesus' name. Yes. Come on now. That's good. Huh. Yeah. All right, so now we usually go into prophetic um, ministry, and I know that we're, our clock is ticking, so we're going to do something a little bit different. I am going to ask the prophetic team to go ahead and come on up, um, especially if you have a word already for somebody, and we're going to start with corporate words first. Um, so while they're coming up, just for sake of time, I'm going to share with you what the Lord shared with me um, most recently. I'm not going to be able to go into a lot of it, but I'm going to encourage you, if you guys are tracking and you're feeling this fire of this transition, we are in major transition, okay? And it's a good thing. The number 11 is the transition number. Deuteronomy 11.11 has a promise in it. It was the one that the Lord gave us when we moved from one city to New Braunfels. And he repeated it again the other day, and he highlighted it specifically in our leadership team meeting. Deuteronomy 1 all the way through chapter 11 is a key passage right now. And as I was looking at one today, the Lord highlighted these three things. The first one was, it said, and Moses said this, on the 40th year of the first day of the 11th month. How many of you know that the 40 is another number of transition? They had 40 days in the desert, 40, months of 40 weeks of pregnancy. I mean, I count that one. So, you know, so there's major transition, okay, of something being birthed, okay? And, and again, 11. But there's a second... Um, in the middle of that chapter, in chapter one, it also talks about, again, the Lord your God. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? And then there's also the appointment of leadership. Moses couldn't do it alone. He also had Joshua and Caleb, yes, but we also had to call up leaders to take over and help with the 12 tribes of Israel. And you watch that conversation between the Lord and Moses, okay? There's an intimacy there that that's birthed out of. And I feel like there's going to be governmental, and I say this from the kingdom realm. I'm not necessarily talking about like 
city state government but it could be but i feel like there's an authority and a governmental place to me that's very apostolic that's very kingdom there are going to be leaders who are called to arise now and to step into the place of authority where you are supposed to take territory. In the same way we're doing that in the natural as we take new land, there are places we're taking that in the spiritual and emotional. You guys in your families, in your marriages, in your homes, I declare to you right now that you are a leader if you so choose to take that call. You are a chosen one. You are appointed you are in the 12 tribes of Israel. You have a mountain to take for the Lord. You're to leave Mount Horeb. That's what he says in the very beginning of that chapter. It's time to leave Mount Horeb. It said it took 11 months to go from one to the other. Not Sorry, not 11 months. 11 days to go from one place to the other. It says it in the scripture. And that number 11 jumped out again. I don't know if it's 11 days, 11 months. I don't know. It's not going to be 11 years. I guarantee you that. But we're in this season of a shift. So I'm inviting you into praying through Deuteronomy 1 through 11 with us. I feel like there are going to be keys to strategy in those. I know that the Lord's already given me some, as we sh I shared in the leadership. But I invite you to study in those chapters because I believe it's a corporate word for our body, not only legacy, but I also believe that's a global corporate shift that is taking place. That's why you see people finally standing up and saying enough's enough. And that's what I was saying about earlier. We, we have to stop settling for less than what Jesus paid for. It's time to arise and shine and to step into that place of authority and to move forward without fear. But joy is your superpower. We're going to laugh the whole way there. Because if it ain't fun, why do it, right? Like, so let's go with the Lord. He's the God who sits on the throne and laughs. There's joy in the secret place with him, okay? Now, we don't have time for everybody to prophesy over everybody, but tell me who's got a corporate word besides Christy. A corporate word. Okay, I want Christy to really share this. So when I was praying over the babies that were going to be dedicated this morning, um, God was speaking to me actually about a generation of children, uh, the ones that are coming, the ones that are being born. And he said to me, do you know what I call this generation? And I said, no, God, what do you call them? And he said, I call them warriors. And I said, why? And he said, well, I'm going to tell you. He says, because their parents have chosen relationship and intimacy over religion, I will pour out my spirit and my glory, and there will be signs, wonders, miracles, healings, and these children will grow up knowing nothing different but relationship with the Lord. And they will war. They will war and they will have no fear. Good. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have corporate word, but I have a word that goes along with it. So I had a dream this morning, you know, and I saw um, Bill. Bill was standing at the front and he was wearing this white uniform, like dress uniform. So I kind of looked it up because I don't know any uniforms, but it was white Marine uniform, it used to be in existence until 2000, I guess, somewhere. But only general officers wear that. And then you were wearing that, and then you were, like, so stoic and standing so firm. And, I, and then you said to me, so I said, Bill, what are you doing here? He said, oh, I've been up for 24 hours, you said. So you are a watchman, and then you are really a general in the spirit realm. And you have been just standing and then watching, and you have such discernment. And because of that... And you know that 
Vanessa is just such a warrior too. So you both are warriors. And can you imagine what Noraya is going to carry from both of you? So I was just so excited. And so I was asking for a word for Naraya, and he, was, he began to speak to me about Bill and Vanessa, how they are such warriors, and that you guys are so united, and you persevered. So that perseverance is going to pay off, and it's going to be released through Naraya and Naraya's future generations. So today during worship, I noticed we had a bunch of kiddos in the front, so I was having a good old time watching them. I like to see what's happening in the spirit. Um, and so Leanna, and Anthony, your little one, Milo, was there, and he had a blue scarf he was playing with, but all of a sudden he put it to Liam's back, and it was a very long blue scarf, and he was just playing, waving it just a little bit. It kind of looked like a cape on Liam's back. But um, I said, Lord, what is he doing? Because I know kids, when they're having fun, they're still doing things. And so in the spirit, I saw that he, he was sending his spirit to protect his back. Like even in the funnest of ways, your son is one that uses his power. Yes, Milo, because I couldn't see you over. Use your power to watch others' backs. And so I just bless you with that because that's powerful. That even in the fun, it doesn't even have to be serious. You were just having a great time. You put a superhero cape like on Liam's back, like you gave your power and put it to him. Do you see how powerful that is? Like you were just having fun and in the spirit, you were blessing others. And then I saw Mr. Grayson and Joseph over there having the best time of their lives over there. But I saw um, Joseph jump up on Joseph's back and I was like, sweet Jesus, what is going on? We got piggyback rides going over in the court, but that's okay because before I ever say anything, I always ask Jesus what's going on. That's why I don't stop everything that goes on over there that I know y'all are probably like, what in the world is Erica not stopping that? Um, because what I saw is Grayson is one that carries others. And Joseph finally found someone that he could trust to carry him. That was huge to me. Like, I know you guys know your kids. Like, Grayson, you are one that carries others, and it's light and it's fun. And they need that support sometimes, not all the time, right? You weren't carrying them the whole time, but it was fun, right? And it was a good experience. But that's because he trusted you, buddy. That's because you have a spirit of honor that people know that you're not going to drop him. He, he knew that you were safe, that you're a person that people trust. So I bless you with that. And Joseph, I want you to know that you're walking into a season, buddy, where you're going to meet others like that. He's not going to be the only one, okay? That you're going to... You're gonna, this is a season that's never going to end, where people continuously walk in your life that you're going to have fun with and that can support you and be one with you. And I can see them like little warriors. That's what I was seeing. Like, they, you know, if someone gets wounded in the battlefield, the other one carries the other. Or they watch each other's back, right? And so it was just warriors all over the place, and I loved it. Good. Okay. Any other corporate words? Okay. Does everybody have an individual word? Okay, so here's what we're going to do for sake of time, because we really want to honor time, and I know we've thrown in a lot of extra stuff today. I'm going to pass the mic from left to right, and we're not going to release the prophetic words from the front. They're just going to point you out so that you got to make, because sometimes they have words, and I forget to pass the mic, and you guys run out, and they can't chase you in the parking lot, and, then, and, and, and they may not get you later. So I know they're carrying a word, so if, if you see them, please come up to them and find them at the end of service and go, hey, remember me? You got a word for me, okay? Does that make sense? I have two over here. The gentleman on the end with the um, 
yeah, you and the woman with the striped note behind you, the woman with the striped shirt on and the glasses, I have a word for you also. I have the green shirt on the back wall. You, uh, you, yeah. For the sweet little girl in your arms, yes. Katrina? I have a word for people who are wearing black and white. Can I just say it real quick? Okay, so it's been drawing to my attention constantly, and the Lord said, you know, and you're very decisive now. You know what you need to do, and you are determined to do what the Lord has said. So you're not going to waver. So if you're wearing black and white in combination, or black and white like the Cindy is, wearing and everyone who's wearing black and white the lord is releasing you anointing to be steadfast and immovable and you're going to carry out what the lord has asked you to do fourth level uh fourth group the tall man with the glasses and the little family if you could come after yes yes the whole family please Charles, as of Charles and Rose. Okay, good. All right. Um, the last one I have is if your name is Susan, or if Susan is a part of your name, and this may even be interceding for someone you know as Susan, but the Lord gave me the word Susan earlier. I'm like, who's Susan? Lord, which Susan? He said, all of them. I'm like, okay, that's different. So if your name is Susan, can you just wave your hand at me? I'm just curious to know how many Susans we may have in the room. I know a couple, but... Okay, yeah, so if you have a Susan, first name or middle name, I don't know, last name, just if you want it, here it is. But the Lord just said that you are a lily of the valley and that you're coming out of the valley and you're coming into high places. You're coming into a new territory, a new authority, and there is a promotion available for you. And he declares that you are beautiful. You are beautiful beyond measure. You are beautiful to him. You sparkle. You sparkle. That's that little glint in his eye. Like you sparkle to him. You are the apple of his eye. You are a lily of the valley. And the lily of the valley, when you actually look at them, they look like little bells. And so I heard the Lord saying, he's like, it's kind of like, um, I always, when I hear bells, it's, it's like dinner's ready or it's not the triangle loud one or whatever, but it's like this nice little formal like, you know, like the little... You like the little nurses calling or whatever. It's dainty. It's elegant. It's sweet. And so I feel like the Lord is saying this is how he's calling you. And it's also how you're going to call others. You call others with a very gentle elegance, but you bring them to the table. It's not a forceful thing. It's, it's not, you know, old school with the triangle bell, you know, or whatever, but it's gentle, but it's a high, it's a place of high position. Am I making sense? My language might be botching that up, but um, it's a high place because to be in, to be able to influence at the high level, there's going to be certain things that set over you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go. All right, you guys can go sit down. All right, guys. So just real quick, if you're going to be baptized, I'm going to release you to go change right now. And then what we're going to do is, I know, is River Jordan here? All right, you want to go grab him real quick too. We we want to do this as a family too. Is we 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 want to make sure uh, that we're doing it. So what we're going to do, um, we're going to pray for River Jordan and dedicate him, all right? And then what will end up happening is after that, you guys can be released, or if you want to stick around, we're going to be baptizing, I think like nine people, something like that. So there's a, there's a bunch of people that are going to be baptized. So I encourage you to stick around because it's a big family celebration of a new life in Christ on that. But if you have plans you need to get going, we'll, we'll completely understand that too. So we'll, we'll have a River come back in here. I did, I did forget to mention one thing, okay? Um, 
one number here. So we, we are in the process as we're moving towards closing, um, going to be looking to raise 150000 for the down payment component to it. So if somebody wants to know a number, there's a number that you can, you can so you can just write one check and we'll be good. Or if you want to write 1.5 or 15 million, that, I think it's very prophetic numbers. You, you're more than welcome to do that. You laugh, but I'm telling you right now, the Lord is going to provide above and beyond, okay? So I, I, I joke, but I don't joke, okay? So, but just know that you can give the same way you give, you know, above and beyond, you know, tithe and offering. And when you go in there, uh, if you give online, there's a, on the memo line, you can, you can select building fund. And that way, you know, it goes specifically to that. Or if you're writing a check, write it in the memo line, break it out. So, so Chris can make sure we get that stuff separated out in our uh, county. So c- come on up, guys. Why don't you all give a warm welcome? Okay. Yeah. I'm so excited. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Come on in the middle. What's up, big guy? How are you? I like that shirt, man. It's really, really good. So just real quick, let's, let's, uh, let me get the mic. Why don't you just introduce yourselves real quick? There we go. Hi, I'm Scott. Dwayne is. I'm Amber. And this is River. <laughs> and who eat the mic? How old is River? Eight months? Eight months. Yes, sir. All right, awesome, too. So uh, I'm going to do is we, we talked about it earlier. As a family, are you guys willing to walk alongside this beautiful family to help raise River up in the ways of the Lord? All right. So we're going to pray an impartation over you guys specifically and then over River. This is exciting. So I'll just tell you what, I mean, I obviously, River Jordan, and you heard everything we talked about, this is a prophetic picture even for us, the fact that he, because I saw the email, I'm like, come on, Jesus, you're going to dedicate a baby named River Jordan on the day we're talking about crossing the Jordan into our promised land. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I, I just, I'll just give the word, is I believe right now that he, it's not just a prophetic name that people were going to be drawn to God on, but it's going to actually be a part of his anointing. He's going to become a river of life to people. And they're just going to walk into his proximity. It's kind of like even when people came into proximity of Peter and his shadow healed them. Like there's this river of, of, of uh, intimacy that he's releasing to them that's actually going to become a place of freedom for people. And when they cross his path, then what's going to happen is they're going to step into like instantaneous deliverance, instantaneous breakthrough, like they were going to be a drug addict, and all of a sudden, boom, they're going to be completely set free, right? There's going to be people who were far from God, and all of a sudden, they're going to have an encounter with the River Jordan, and it's going to be a crossing over into a promised land. And I think specifically, you carry an anointing for healing and unusual miracles. Yeah, just you're, you got wisdom all over you, buddy. So, okay. I'm going to block him, but that's cute. So I'm going to anoint you with oil, and then I'm going to anoint mom and dad, okay? You already got some glitter on you. So we just bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I just bless you, Mom, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dad, I anoint you. You guys are kingdom, father and mother. And I did this so I can remember. So we're just going to bless you, okay? And if he squirms, it's okay. So, Father, as we dedicate this precious one, River Jordan, we praise you for the gift of life that's in him. And we stand in awe of your design and purpose for this child as their parents love and nurture this young man. May they model Ephesians 2.10, for they are, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
Lord Jesus, in gratitude, we just say thank you. We sing a song of joy over the privilege of being parents, both natural parents and spiritual parents. In River, you're going to be a papa to many people. With our whole heart, we ask for wisdom and discernment to guide us and guide this child in your ways and your identity in Christ and in your design for their life. May we consistently point to you as the truth in your word. Father God, your word says fear and reverence of you is the beginning of all wisdom. And so I just release right now the fear of the Lord that is not terror, but is only knowing that you're loved. Yeah, that you're loved. You're just so cute. So we just release right now that you will grow in grace and knowledge of God's ways, that you will have a sense of awe and honor for his presence. Heavenly Father, I pray over a river right now. May his heart's desire come into alignment with the desire of your heart. May he develop a hunger for you. May he be never satisfied by shallow living, but instead to seek the deep things of your heart and ways. And I pray that he will keep a heart of humility and submission before you all the days of his life. Father, your word says the pure are blessed, and I declare he has a pure heart. I pray this child will learn to yearn for a life of purity and holiness and that the joy of his heart will come from walking in step with you. Lord, I just release right now that there's a maintaining a spirit of purpose over you. I call out the purpose before the foundation of the earth, River. You had a purpose from God, and it will be carried out and fulfilled, but your purpose will never be your identity. You will always know the God. I'm going to this. I'm going to prophesy you. You will always know God and always be blessed. And so I release right to you now the, the, the mantle that I carry for apostolic fathering. I release over you right now in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. And we dedicate, we dedicate the River Jordan. I keep wanting to call them the River Jordan. We dedicate the River Jordan to you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Fill him with your spirit. May he be like John the Beloved that knows how to draw to the heart of the Father. And from that place, he will actually be a son of thunder that destroys the works of the devil. And we just declare this right now. And I just pray over mom and dad right now. Wisdom and discernment and insight, prophetic gifting to be able to see like the sons of Issachar to know what they're supposed to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Come on. So let's celebrate. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.